0: Previous to that September, we found out, and she I went home, and she was not responsive; she had not been responsive Saturday evening and My brother and sister left, and i we had someone sitting with her all the time uh, Saturday night, and we were going to Sunday night as well and So I took the first evening and I was there about eleven thirty or something, and I started reading out loud to her from whatever I was reading and she stopped breathing, and then she took a breath and stopped and about five times, and she was gone, so she uh, we were debating should we come or should we not come and we came, and when we got home, she left and as someone else told me this evening, uh, they said, your husband 's not here he 's out in the graveyard and that 's yeah, just a, just a memory I have the last time being here. I invite like you to turn with me to James this evening. We're going to not stay in one book all the time each evening or sometimes not the whole evening as well. But I'd like to, for us to think about the portion of scripture here in James 1. I'd like to start in verse 16. James 1. I'd like to read this, and I don't know how you do Bible school here, but I heard the word school is part of it, and so I'm hoping for some response. And, well, let's start. He says, Do not err, my beloved brother. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning." So he says, don't err, I want you to know some things, and the one thing I wanted you to know is that all that we have that's good comes from God, and, there's, and God is always the same. And so he highlights this at the beginning. Sometimes I forget things at the beginning, and I know some of you have asked, well, is Linda here tonight? No, Linda's not with me tonight. We've, since Sunday, we've had four grandchildren with us, living with us while their parents were on an anniversary trip. And so she was. She was on my way out here. She told me she got home from the airport, so picking them up. And so she could not be here tonight. And uh, toward the later in the week, uh, she will be here, but could not be here tonight. But back to the scripture here, verse eighteen: of His own will, of God, of His own will, begat He us with the Word of Truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, he says, because of this, because God gives gifts as he will, and we are his, and he is the word of truth, and he has begat us with the word of truth, with Jesus Christ, is because of this, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Then he says, be doers of the word also, not just hearers, but be doers of the word. Don't be just hearers deceiving your own selves. So he says, as we hear, we need to do. For if you be hearers of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholdeth himself, goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But he says we need to look into the law of liberty. And continues in that, being not a forgetful here, a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And he says, if any man among you seems to be religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And then he talks more about religion there. I'd like to think especially here about verse 19. What does it mean? When I look at scripture, I like to kind of say, well, what's it saying? So what do you see here in verse 19? Especially, or maybe some other things going on there. I started explaining the first part, but I'd like to hear what you see in this scripture, in this passage. Okay? That doesn't mean, as students, that you're to be slow to speak. Okay? When asked. I I read a survey one time that someone had done about why students don't answer in Sunday school class. And they had a number of items listed. Why? People don't answer. What do you think those were? What do you think are reasons that people don't answer when they're caught when when they're given the opportunity or when a question's put out in Sunday school class? What do you think? What might have been on that list? They afraid, afraid to give the wrong answer. Is that what you said? Okay. The answer's obvious. The answer's obvious. Okay. I I was surprised by the number one. And th- those weren't. They were on the list, but they were pretty far down, actually. Uh, I think wrong answer might have been about number 30 or something. What else do you think might have been the top? Or another one. Go ahead Jason. Pride. Okay? Say more. Why would, why do people maybe not answer in Sunday school class when a question is given? Oh, okay. Don't, want, okay. Don't want to act like we have all the answers. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> they weren't listening. That was down there too. I think I was about seven or so. <laughs> okay. Don't want to hear themselves talk. The number one reason, and I'm like, what? They said was because they were afraid they would send the teacher off the track. And I'm like, well, that's a teacher's problem, so don't worry about that, okay? Uh, But anyhow, what else do you see here? Or maybe more, what are your thoughts? Even when you hear, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Think before you talk, talk, okay. 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 Most of us. Some people, though, uh, does everybody like to have the correct answer before they talk? Sometimes we're not sure, are we, about some people? Uh, of course, we, you all do, but. Um. We should develop the ability to listen well. Okay. Develop ability to listen well. Okay. So you're saying maybe we needed this instruction because we tend to be quick to speak, quick to wrath, and slow to listen. Okay. Can you think of a time where in the Scripture where there was a, someone was or or a group of people were quick to wrath and needed time needed to take time to listen, and maybe did or maybe didn't. Mm-hmm. they were going to go take care of him because of Achan. what happened there they they were zealous for god but he says the wrath of here, here it says the wrath of man doesn't bring about the righteousness of god works not the righteousness of god i, I was thinking about that one too it just came to my mind as i was thinking about it if we're quick to wrath okay other thoughts Not just that verse, we can go in the what I read there, any of those? Okay, you'll think of more maybe as, as we go along here. But I'm thinking especially about communication. How do we communicate? What is communication? And uh, who, who do we communicate with? And... And then also, what do we communicate about? What are the things that we pass back and forth in communication? And then the question of how can we communicate better? How can we listen better? Or maybe speak better? Or uh, what's all involved here? So let's look at, first of all, what do we communicate about? What do we give? What do we receive when there's communication? What, What kinds of things, categories here? answers and questions? questions questions and answers okay okay mm-hmm and the answers often how would we think of those? what would they what do they give us if somebody gives us an answer or if we give an answer, what are we giving what are Okay, so we might be making a judgment. We might be caring. So maybe we're communicating feelings one way or the other. Maybe we're communicating, hmm, a, a decision, a judgment. Okay. Hmm. Anybody talk to anybody today? What'd you tell them? Information, okay, facts, yeah. We, we give information, there's a lot of information that's going on. So we have information, we have uh, feelings, we have uh, decisions made, we have uh, sometimes opinions maybe, <laughs> what I think, anybody, give anybody, anybody receive an opinion of somebody today? No, nobody told you? Oh, okay, a couple of you, yeah, uh, it, it happens and I find out in communication. I titled this, and I don't know how you are, but sometimes I, I felt this was where I was supposed to go, and then I often second-guess myself and like, Larry, why are you starting off with this subject? That's really strange. But anyhow, I decided to, It's what I have and what I'm going to go ahead with, and uh, I, it is important as well. And it's kind of kind of setting a foundation for where we go the rest of the week, thinking about how we relate to others. And I'm thinking about it, do other people care about, if we're talking, and we're talking about talking and listening, that's communication, do other people care about the facts? Do they care about the feelings? Do they care, what's your sense? Or maybe you, do you usually listen for people's, the facts, or you listen for their feelings, or you listen for just their decisions, or... You kind of sort things out? Do, do, does everybody care about the whole package that we're communicating? I have a son-in-law who worked for me for a number of years. Now we still kind of work together, but he's a little different trade. I paint mostly, uh, paint houses, usually mostly interior, some exterior and he had worked for me for a while, and I was giving him instructions one day. And I remember distinctly, he said, "You know, the the more you talk, the less I listen." <laughs> I was giving too many details, and I, and he said, "I really don't. I, I just I'm just shutting down because I I think I know what you want me to do, so I'm just going to do it." Uh, did you ever? Get the feeling that people aren't listening to what you say? Anybody else have that happen? Yeah. What do you think? Do What do people shut down on mostly, do you think? On the facts, on the feelings, on the decisions? What do people want to know or not want to know when you're talking? What do you find? Okay. So they want to know how much you care, okay? Okay. Okay. If you're giving too much of your opinion, then people will probably shut down. Okay.
1: Mhm. My if you're Mhm. Mhm. you talking to.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I don't know if it happened to you or not, but, you know, I came home and she says, you know, the wash machine quit today. And so I start heading for the basement, you know. What do we do? We fix it, right? Um, but she wanted to tell me about how that she had to pick out all this heavy laundry, wring it out by hand, hang it out. It took extra long time to dry. <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I won't ask you to confess how many others have done something like that with your wife. But yes, they want to know, they they want to express their feelings. They want us to hear their feelings as well. How do you find it? I I kind of have an interesting question that I'm mulling around in my head. As men to men, do we kind of get the idea? Sometimes I think people don't care about you know, we, we don't think about how we feel or how the other one feels, and so we just kind of don't take that part. And I don't even consider that part. Don't listen for that part. I don't know. Is that how it is? how was your How was your day good yeah mhm facts mm-hmm. so my my challenge is I sometimes interact with people and I find that they were they, they have a few facts that they think are facts, and they 're going to make they, they don 't care really what my perspective of the facts is they don 't care about my feelings they don 't care about my opinions, and they just want to know my decisions. And that's how it goes. And so I kind of feel like maybe there's not communication going on. Because it was just part of the story. So anyhow, it just, you know, my question is what happens when a person listens that doesn't really care, doesn't care in their listening, doesn't care to listen? And then I have to wonder where does wrath come in? We talked about the tribes there—they were going back after they had conquered the Promised Land, and Joshua dismisses them. And they build this altar and say, and, and, and the other tribes say, "No, there's only to be one altar, not a second one. This is as bad as Achan, and, and so we we need to take care of them, get rid of them. And so uh, those are some of the things we communicate and maybe struggle with communication. By the way, if you ever I know how it is. I'm I'm slow thinking sometimes, and sometimes something comes to me later. And I don't mind you putting something in later and coming back to something we've been, but I'll tend to move on. And so the next question I had was, or was thinking about, is who do we uh, talk to? Who do we communicate with in life? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll look at a scripture that tells us how to communicate with uh, this one particular group of people, and that is how we communicate with ourselves. How do you communicate with yourself? I have opportunity to teach at Sharon Bible Institute, and the young people, I find them sometimes uh, interesting in a way that they and and then i get older people too and i find that we sometimes do this but maybe we're not as <clears throat> quick to admit it but speaking to ourselves about you know they'll they'll say well i i just never can do anything right and i say oh you know did where did you hear that or or why do you think that way why well and, and i find they they keep telling themselves that and i start arguing with them and saying no that's you make mistakes, but that doesn't mean you're no good. Let's, let's take a look at this. And here's what verse 5 says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, casting down imaginations. So this is how we're to talk to ourselves. We're to cast down these imaginations that come to our minds. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I want to make sure I said 2 Corinthians 10 here. 2 Corinthians 10. Five, and against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so we, as we grow up so often, and this is where I think a lot of young people are struggling with this because they're, they're somehow got the perspective that, of, that there's, they have this bad voice coming to them, bad thoughts coming, bad imaginations that are wrong, that are against the knowledge of God, the truth. And so we speak to ourselves. How are we going to speak to ourselves? Are we willing to cast those things down and bring thoughts into captivity? And so when I hear that thought, that voice, not not an audible voice, but as it were in our head, you know, oh, you can't do anything right. To say, well, you know, you're no good. Well, you know, God, you know, God can't do anything with you. Well, to say, well, you know what? We started there in James, that he gives gifts to men, and he's given different ones of us, as he will. And we are to carry that out, and we have been bought by him. We are, are his, and to walk in his ways. And so we're to speak to ourselves. And let, well, if you want to go to Ephesians, you can, but I'll just pick out a couple verses there in Ephesians It says that we are to speak to ourselves in psalms. I guess this is verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. How do you speak? Thinking about speaking to ourselves, we do kind of, I don't know, do you talk to yourself sometimes maybe audibly uh, when people aren't around? It used to be weird. People wondered if something was wrong with you, if you talked to yourself. Now we just think you have your Bluetooth in and you're talking to somebody on the phone, right? Uh, but the, you know, we do talk to ourselves. We do, maybe not audibly, but we have these thoughts. And do I agree with it? Is it? Am I bringing it in to, not just into the knowledge of God, but to truth? But also, he says here in Ephesians that we're to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making a melody in our heart. Do I, am I a pessimist? Do I always, it's going to, you know, Boy, things are going too good. A carpenter one job said things are going too good. It's, something's going to go wrong. You know, Is that the way we view life? You know, it, it can't go well. Now, we recognize reality that we live in a sin-cursed world and things do go wrong. But what are we looking for? What are we speaking to ourselves? Do we give thanks? In verse 20, it says, In giving thanks always unto God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we have so much to be thankful for. What is, our, what is our focus as we speak to ourselves? Is it about the trouble? And I just, I'm not a pessimist. I, I, I talked to one fellow, and he said he, he's really an optimist. He just hasn't found anything to be optimistic about yet. And, I, you know, it's like, we, are we focusing toward God and recognizing the good things that come from him? Giving thanks? Now I talked to a fellow recently who also said, you know, I have he said he started to give thanks for all things. And he's he's just working on that. And he said he's he's doing so much better in life. He was he was struggling with a lot of things with depression and stuff, and he's just always looking for what to be thankful for. And he said he's he's just things are going a lot better for him. What do we speak? How do we speak to ourselves? What are we speaking to ourselves about? Is it true? Is it the right way what thoughts do you have speaking to ourselves maybe have other scriptures to throw in here as well or other thoughts or maybe you, you want to straighten me out and we're not supposed to speak to ourselves i'm just going to try to pause every now and then and give opportunity for you to interject here Okay. No get out of okay. Out of the heart. Mm-hmm. The mouth speaks. Okay.
1: Hmm. Okay. I Okay. So hmm. Uh, to myself, and sometimes I just
0: say Jesus That's all I can say.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. So kind of bringing that back, yeah, to the speaking in, in psalms or hymns or mm-hmm, bringing Christ in there. Okay. As a young person, I remember my father one day saying, why are you so moody today? I don't know that I was usually moody, but sometimes just kind of got in a down mood and grumpy or whatever. And he got me to thinking about, well, why was I? Why was I? Why was I feeling so down on myself today? And I thought about it, and I often could trace back to something. I remember one time we were, I was in the boys' Sunday school class, probably a seventh grader, and maybe younger, now I was younger. And anyhow, we, we they took us, the, the advisors took us on a camping trip. And we were there on the camping trip, and the the, the men were making breakfast there, and they were, you know, over the fire, making their e- the eggs, and I forget what all we had, but I know there were eggs, and I had mine, and so afterward, you know, I was, we were free to roam around there, and there was a nice pine tree, and so I just, you know, jumped up and grabbed the pine tree to pull up on and stuff, and didn't think about it, that the advisors, you know, they, they ate last, and they were about ready to eat, and their food happened to be under that branch, and it came, uh, some needles came down into their eggs. Uh, not very nice and you know I I just I kind of spoke to my I I was like you know I just feeling like I was no good no good and so what am I going to speak to myself and I was feeling really awful and I realized that that whole day was just kind of ruined because of one thing and when my dad said this was later than when my dad said that I thought about that back on that and about other times, and about that day, what was going on, and realized I had made an error, I had made a mistake somewhere in the day. And because of that, I was essentially telling myself, you're no good, you can't do anything right, you you, you always mess up, you, you're not thinking about others, you're, whatever. And so I when my dad asked me that, and I started thinking about this, I started looking back and realizing, well, why am I so grumpy, moody, whatever you want to call it. And, and I started looking back and realized as I went along in life that usually when, I, when something wasn't right, I, I would be telling myself that no good can't do anything right. And, and so I started looking back and saying, well, you know, that happened. It was an accident. I did what I could to correct it. And I made a mistake. God still loves me. I can go on. And do you see the difference of how we speak to ourselves? of where we end up. And so I think it's important that we think about how I speak to myself, and also, what am I listening to? Am I listening to the truth of God's Word? And See, that's what I had to listen to. The truth that I am, just because I made a mistake doesn't mean I am a mistake. Just because I failed doesn't mean I'm a failure. I may have to try better. I may have to do some things. I may have to make some changes. But it's not it's about what I did, not about who I am. And we'll talk maybe more about that Thursday night. Any other thoughts before we go on to the next group of people we talk to? Who else do we talk to? I'll be as bad as my algebra teacher in, I think it was ninth grade. He had this, no, it was probably seventh or eighth. Anyhow, he was writing, he would write the equation on the board. I love math, by the way. And he would Write the equation and write and teach the lesson and teach what's going on. He said questions and the next thing we're going to do. And he gave that much time for questions about a nanosecond, which is thousands of a second. And and he'd go on. And so uh, you can interrupt me if I am like him. Uh, I'll try not to be. Pardon? Family. family. Okay. Yes, family. And and I'm going to even go bigger than that. Who else? Who else do we communicate with? Friends? Okay?? Okay. So you're saying sometimes we're selective in others, okay? Mm Mhm. Brotherhood. Brotherhood, Okay. So we have family, church family, friends. Can we put that all in a category of other people, of of uh, communicating with others? How uh, can do we have anything valuable to bring in communication? Romans fifteen verse fourteen. I have found to be very interesting for me in thinking about, because there are some people who don't talk enough, and maybe there are others who, do, who talk too much, but we can all be quick to listen. We all need to listen more. And I remember two men. One of them said, yeah, he never listens to me. And, and the other man said, yeah, he never listens to me. They both felt like the other one didn't listen to them. And so communication wasn't happening well, at least. But in Romans chapter 15 and verse 14, it says, And I am persuaded, I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, so this would be church or family, those who were along with in the body of Christ, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Now, it's interesting. He says you can admonish. And admonish, sometimes we think of as correction. It can also be the idea of encouragement. But the idea of, of speaking into another person's life. But what does he say is required? Why is he convinced that they're able to do this? What are the two things here that he says are, I'm convinced you have? Goodness and knowledge. Okay, what... How do we, how are we good? What, what makes us good? How was he convinced of them that they were full of goodness? No people here by the last name of good, right? Doesn't make you full of goodness. Okay, when we have Christ in us, when we have God's spirit in us, we are of goodness and then knowledge. How do we get knowledge? Okay, books, scripture. Okay, how else do you get knowledge? Okay, being willing to learn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Listen. Okay. Listening. to So from other people? Other people in books? I think those are two big areas. Any other thoughts? Experience. Experience okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe also the Spirit of God. Sometimes I think that if I teach or preach that I kind of feel like everything I have to give, I've either learned from the Spirit of God or the Word of God or people of God. And without, so I I don't know that I have anything really of myself. It's all come from either, either God, His Spirit speaking to me, His Word, or His people, or I learned it somewhere. And so knowledge, as we go along in life, if we have that desire to learn or that openness to learn, uh, we're going to have knowledge. And so he says here, when we we have Jesus Christ and we have experience, we have gone along in life, we have learned some things, and so now we are able to speak into other people's lives to bless other people. And so what a blessing to walk in that way and to communicate with them. And then we want to get to also thinking more about listening as well. How do we, what do we tend to say or think when we see something that we think should be admonished? I don't know how you do it here, but I think you have the same Bible. But when there's something that is an offense, how do we go about it? Oh, okay. So if somebody's not doing right or not talking right, you tell the preacher? Go get him. Oh, okay. Good. One person came to me, I remember one time as a pastor, and they said something, and I don't remember what it was. Somebody else, something was wrong. And I said, well, what did they say to you when you talked to him?" Oh, I, I didn't talk to them. I said, "Well, tell you what: if they, if you, when you go talk to them and and they don't listen to you, then I'll be willing to go along." And they said, "Oh, it's no big deal." So, yeah, what? How how do we speak to others? Do we follow Matthew eighteen, or do we say, "Well, do we try and brush it off and say it's no big deal," because we don't want to confront? Because maybe it's not. The best thing, kind of interesting companions, I don't know, do you get the uh, news, the stories here from CLP, you get those? Uh, this past Sunday, we only had part one, so I I really, you know, part one's just really messed me up because I, I just... <sighs> Uh, I'm not sure if I'll remember the part one by the time part two comes out next week. But anyhow, uh, it was kind of an interesting story about saying something to another about uh, what was going on here um, with their children and being able to respond in a good way. So there's communication there, and then there's edification, there's admonition. And so the question is, how do we respond when someone comes to us? Thinking about listening. How do I respond if somebody admonishes me? If there's an admonition comes, am I quick to listen? Or do we forget it in that time? Or do we think about the other person's hmm. Okay. One of my faults is the first time I started teaching at SMBI, I went to SMBI first time in 1986 and went to Ministers Week. And in Ministers Week, we have about an hour and 10 minutes or something like that. We had an hour and a quarter, whatever. And then we'd break 10 minutes and get the next class for that amount of time. And then I started teaching. First time I started teaching, I started teaching. We had an hour and 25 minutes. And so I'm teaching away. And one of the students in the back says, uh, most of the teachers uh, give us a break part of the way through. And... Uh oh okay. So I can do that. Yeah, well I was supposed to but I forgot and uh, I think maybe we should take a break here now too. So Jared, I'll let you come and lead some songs.
1: How about we stand up so we can stretch a little bit? Wake up if we're sleeping. Uh, Turn your hymnals to song number one hundred ninety five. Come, thou fount of every blessing. Come, thou fount. turn to song number 122. may be seated.
0: Who else do we communicate with? We communicate with ourselves, with others, and God. Yes. Communicate with God. When we think about communicating with God, we probably think first of all of prayer and speaking and communicating that way ask seek knock i think we sang that this evening ask and seek and knock and jesus taught us to pray also and invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace and that's such a blessing that we have i am marvel at that fact that we can that, that we're invited to come boldly to the throne of grace Here's God who's King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and He says, Come and talk to me. I'm going to listen to you. I don't think that the President of the United States or any country would really tell me that. Uh, maybe some of you, I don't know, you all. Uh, but here is God who says, Come and talk to me. I want to listen. And the question I have is Do we listen to God? We want to talk and focus for the rest of the evening more about listening and thinking about how can we listen well and how do we communicate and how can we go on in this context here that James is talking about the word of God about. Do we listen to the word of God and do what God says and are we too busy? You know, we think of reading the Bible and, and we communicate back with prayer. Do we take time to listen to the spirit speak to us? And really walk with him. And so, in thinking of these different areas, the question I have is how can we improve in our communication? And so, I have some thoughts about communication, especially about listening. One of those is how do you listen? What do, when you listen, how do you listen? What are you listening for? You don't have to answer this. You can just think about this. How, what do I listen for? And one of the things that has really helped me for, has helped me, I think, maybe you should ask, well, don't ask my wife, but uh, no, you could ask her later this week, but is do you listen to answer or do you listen to understand? That, that question. And when I first heard that question, I'm like, yeah, what do I do? You know, because there's some times where I'm listening and, and somebody's saying something and it's, and even in a class of teaching, when you're cl- teaching a class or, or in any relationship, in any communication, what am I, am I thinking about and listening for, so I can answer what they're talking about, so I can say one better, so I can answer their questions, so I can solve their problem, or am I listening to really understand what's going on in their life? And I wonder if communication is really happening until I listen to understand. Take the other person seriously. You know, do you ever, somebody's talking and it's like, well, you know, that's little Johnny. And, you know, just, or maybe you think, oh, well, that's, uh, you can put in there whoever you might kind of write off and not take seriously because they usually don't have much to say. They do a lot of talking, maybe, but don't have much to say. I think there's a difference there. So don't just blow them off as not having any value, but do we listen to what they're really saying? And sometimes you got to kind of sort through everything that's coming your way. And that's what my son-in-law did. He said, Oh, well, you got all this stuff here, and, and the more you say, I, I, just, I have to shut down because I can't figure out what's really important here. And, and he communicated that back to me, and I heard it. And then I was able to make some changes and say, "Okay, I have to give be more concise in my in what I give." So we we need to take seriously other people. We also need to be sensitive to how we come across. It's really interesting how easy it is to say something. I said something the other day. Oh, as look we a long story but it's part and i said something about it, uh that nobody ordered it and i had told two people that i thought were going to order the part for the fridge and nobody did and I, like had you know nobody ordered it and, and i just said that in talking to my wife and she said today then she said I'm, she said i'm sorry i didn't order that i didn't think about it. i could have been doing that I said, well, no, I didn't mean you at all. I didn't expect you to order it because I didn't give you any of the information, but I gave it to two other people and I expected one of them because of uh, their responsibilities or because of what they were, their involvement with it uh, to do something about it and they didn't do anything about it. I hadn't communicated exactly, well, I thought I did uh, to the one, but I hadn't communicated exactly I'd like you to do this so that we can get this accomplished so that we have it on time. And So it's easy to come across wrong. She thought I was saying she should have ordered it. (laughs) That's not what I said at all. I didn't expect her to do that at all. Uh, But so easy to come across. Well, you can finish how you might come across. So we need to be sensitive. Take the other person serious. Be sensitive and seek to hear more than to be heard. Now, some of you probably, no big deal. And others of us, um, that's a big deal. I tend to talk too quick the other night my son was over and we were talking about something he's buying a house and we're uh, settlements here in another week and t- or 10 days from now and so we were talking about things and he was asking me about this that and the other and after a while I thought you know what I'm doing more talking than listening and here I was you know preparing this and <laughs> sometimes God speaks to us uh, more than than the students when we're uh, preparing and you know I thought, well, and, and I said something to my wife then the next day I said, it feels like I was talking more than I was listening. She said, Yeah, I thought so too. Um, it's always good to have her confirm what I said, um, no. sometimes you wonder i sometimes I wonder why people have me speak because I you know I mess up so much and, and sometimes I wonder also about what you know what do you have?" What I had to tell these people—I mean, they all read James five, ten, twenty, thirty times in their life already—and so what's what's here? I, I was thinking about that one time a couple came for marriage counseling, and we sat down with them. And, and before we before they came, I said, "What do we have to give them?" And I knew what we were going to talk about, but I'm like, you know, just—and they came, and we talked, and they left. And I said, "Wow, they don't know much, do they?" Um, you know, these were just, they were going to get married soon, and um, we had already been married for a number of years, and so we did have some things, but sometimes what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've understood uh, is, anyhow, we need to go on. Also, provide an unth- unthreatening re- environment. If we tend to be people who listen and always try and take over that conversation, then it 's kind of threatening to people because maybe i don 't want to talk to that people i 'm they don 't really listen they always try and they always take over the conversation and so uh, the communication isn 't going to happen but James is telling us here, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Are we following that admonition quick to listen don 't be judgmental you know we 're so easy to to make a decision well that 's wrong, and, and at first, we talked about. The judgmental. We can come across as being judgmental, or even prejudicial, deciding ahead of time. You know what they're about to say. Did you ever do that with children? You know, they 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 come up to tell about the problem that's going on with another child, and we have decided already what's wrong. Uh, It's so easy to do that with children. Do we do that with other adults too? (laughs) Uh, we're not listening well if we're assuming we know what's going on inside the other person before we really hear them. And so be willing to think about, well, what's really going on here? What's, what are they trying to tell me? Why are they telling me about this? And sometimes I, I wonder about that too. What, why are they telling me about this and what's going on? And then also to empathize. Empathize doesn't mean that we totally feel what they're feeling, but to understand what is the backstory? What's what's really going on here? And also, what's the feeling story that's happening? And, and as we understand it, we can kind of, see, when I came home and my wife wanted to tell me about the washing machine not working and, and, and then about all the work that she had to do, too, to wring to this out by hand, you know, and all the see, when I knew the both stories, then I, oh, man, that's a bummer. That was a lot of work. Uh, you know, you feel bad about it then, right? Before, it was like, oh, it doesn't work, okay, fix it, you know, and and you, don't, you can't empathize if you only hear the facts and not the feelings that's going on. And so empathize with the person. Without the, both messages, you cannot empathize. Another helpful thing in communication is when you are not happy about something. When you're angry or when you're hurt, use I words. I felt hurt when you misbehaved or I was disappointed and use you words when you're, when it's something good, when it's a positive thing. You know, I, and, and I've taught this before, and I've thought about this, and I was thinking about this. And then last week, my neighbor comes over, and he lives across the street, and he says, uh, we're moving. We bought a house in Hatfield, just next town to us. We live in Lansdale. And he says, we're moving. And I said, wow, we'll re- I'll really miss you. And I I thought about it, you know, hold it, afterward, I thought, you know what, I messed up there. Because when it's a positive thing, it was a positive, I should have used you. And I could have said, you've really been a wonderful neighbor. Is there a difference in the feel of, you've been a good neighbor, or I'll miss you? What's the difference there? What do you feel different? okay but how's it, how could, how could it feel different okay mm-hmm. yeah hopefully he did i i hope uh, but i don't know him real well you know we don't get together for parties because some of their things i don't drink that they drink you know could take it like well it's about you okay okay might feel more like well You're moving away. I wish you wouldn't move away because I don't know who's going to move there, and you're okay. And so I'm, you know, I I want you to stay. You're letting me down by moving. Is how it could communicate. But when I say you've really been a good neighbor, it's wonderful. You can't misunderstand. Does that make sense? Am I really crazy? Okay. <laughs> yes, no. Okay. So it's not clear. It's kind of interesting in Corinthians it talks about being a, giving a clear message, and it says that who, if, if the trumpet sounds an uncertain note, who's going to prepare for war? If, hmm, the, the, what's the rest of that verse? Anybody have that in their head? I know it's in Corinthians. I think it's First Corinthians, somewhere around six but i forget. Anyhow, you know, if we're not clear, so don't beat around the bush is another thing when we do speak and be ready to answer people to help clear things up. So when we also can hear when we when we hear somebody to another good helpful thing is to reflect back to them. You know, if i say to my wife, "Hey, today is going to be i i think we're going to be i'm going to be home early today." And so normally suppers at six. I so make sure I'm home by six, and so I get home at five o'clock. And she's like, "Yeah, how's it going?" I'm like, "Well, what's wrong?" Well, I thought you were going to be home at three thirty. You said you'd be home early. Well, I'm home at five instead of five, six. That's early. But see, if she had reflected back, and I'm not saying it's, it's, we, we I, I don't do this as much as I wish I did too, but find out that it's helpful when I do. If she had said, oh, so you think you'll be home soon after lunch, or you'll be home at 3? I'm like, oh, well, no, it'll probably be more like 4.30. It usually goes longer than you think, right? Um, and unless you're a really good judge of time. But do you see the difference? How? What's it like? How do we reflect? If we reflect back, it gives the, allows the person to kind of hear what they said and think, oh, well, no, that's not quite what I meant. But it also just clears up that communication. And so if we can do that, it's a big help in our communication. There are positive communications and negative communications. We can we think of manipulation and flattery. Proverbs says, the man that flattereth his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. And so we don't want that kind. But rather we want types that are positive and ones that upbuild and edify. And so we want to... Focus on those as well. So what should be the purpose of our communication as we listen, as we speak, then as we respond? And I kind of feel like that whole question again is, of how am I listening? Am I listening to understand? See, if i am I listening to understand, I'm going to reflect back and say, oh, is that what you meant? Say it in a little different words, not saying it just back in, the, in, the, in a functional way, in a factual way but rather in a, a trying to understand. So how do, we, how do we communicate? Do we listen to understand or to speak? There are also, it's kind of interesting, there are different modes we speak of, out of as well. We can speak as a parent mode. You know, we teach our children and we, we tell our children, don't do that, don't touch that, it's hot. You know, that's, that's a parent speaking and the child's like, oh, I didn't know that, okay? So it's parent to child. But there's also adult. And there are some people who all their life, uh, their major mode of communication is parent. They parent everybody. You know, tell them what they should do. Now, teaching is partially parent kind of style. And, and there's some people who always uh, go through life as kind of a child, too. Oh, I didn't know that. See, see there are advantages of parent and there are advantages of child but how can we, and the challenge is when, if somebody speaks to us as a parent, to come back and say, and, and bring that back, come back as an adult, and say, what was going on there? Uh, somebody said one time in a meeting, something that was inappropriate. And the person afterward went to them and said, you know, what was inappropriate about that? So as so I can understand. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm sorry, it was inappropriate. I didn't realize that wasn't appropriate. See, but, but do you see the difference of how we can come back? Hmm, they should be. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe she was used to parenting everyone, huh? Yeah, well, some of the positives of parent are they're very instructive. It gives good direction, gives warnings, has good zeal. Some of the negatives are controlling other people and making them do everything and some people hide in that because it's insecurity in their own life because if i tell everybody else what's going on then nobody's going to tell me and it always sets me up as the parent and so i can hide in that kind of but we can hide as a child too because the child you know they're carefree they're forgiving they're positive things but some of the negative things is they tend to be irresponsible you ever tell the children you know, clean up they clean up and you go to check on it and what did they clean up we we have the four grandchildren there. And, you know, every family has a little different standards of, of levels of what's whatever. And it's, you know, when, when, uh, I, it's, it's so, such a challenge raising children. We're kind of past that now, you know, and we just watch the grandchildren being raised by their parents and uh, sometimes chuckle. Uh, but the, you know, are, are we, Are we hiding? Sometimes we can be hiding in that child also. And being, well, I didn't know that, and so it's always not my responsibility. I'm not responsible. I don't have to be responsible for anything because I'm just a child. But can we relate adult to adult? Sometimes people parent their adults, and sometimes people try to adult their young children. You know, well, what do you want to do here? What you know, what do you want to have for lunch? I I don't know. That was a that was kind of an area that I I don't know if we were right or not. But you know, if this is what's for lunch, this is what's for lunch. You can eat it, or you can have. You know, supper will be in a couple hours, five hours or something. You know, you you'll be hungry by then. Uh, But but, uh, you know, do we let the the child always decide everything, and you know what they 're going to wear that day when they 're two years old well they 'll change their mind five times, probably some of them at least and so how do we communicate? How do we find most of our communication with people? Are we listening or are we are we listening carefully to understand, and are we speaking in an adult way to edify uh, the purpose of our communication should be to build. The kingdom of God in each other that we might all become more Christ-like. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love to us and for your example of communication as you so often ask questions and confronted those that were in error. And Lord, we know you've told us in Thessalonians to warn the unruly, to comfort the feeble-minded, and also to be patient with all men. And Lord, so often i fall short and lord as we think of communication and as we go on in the rest of this week i pray that you would guide our thinking and help us to be more like you that your spirit might come out through us help us to be mindful of how we speak to others and of how we listen lord we want to be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to wrath may you be glorified by our lives and your word work in us and through us in Jesus name amen you are dismissed.